Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of OA on Air. Hugh Drummond here, and I'm joined by Daryl Fess, the president and CEO of Brookline Bank, who will share some insights on the economic outlook for 2021. Daryl, welcome to OA on Air. Hugh, thank you for having me here today. I always enjoy talking to your listeners. Well, it's, a, it's great to have you. Let's get right into it. 2020 was dominated by the coronavirus pandemic and the country's response to it. The pandemic will certainly have an impact on the national and local economy during 2021. Now that vaccines are becoming available, we know that it will take time to fully roll them out. How do you see the pandemic affecting the economy locally in 2021? So next year, I think that with a successful vaccination effort, the economy should begin to rebound. It's not going to happen immediately. I think that luckily a new stimulus package was passed and a second round of PPP funding is coming out. And we are going to participate in that to help our clients prosper in the future. So, you know, we're hopeful that that amount of funding available is going to be enough to help the affected businesses to the point where they can again get to the point where they're self-sustaining and generating enough income. Unfortunately, I don't see those companies, you know, thriving immediately. It's going to take a little bit of time before they heal, but eventually they will come back and they'll be self-sustaining and they will get back to where they were pre-pandemic level. You know, and the city of Boston has a very well-balanced economy with tech, biotech, education, and the medical sectors. And finally, I think that if the students return in full force this fall, we'll be well along our way to recovery. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the strength of the Boston economy has been in its diverse industry sectors. One of the questions we asked you last year when we did something similar to this was about companies that were pushing for remote work environments to help with recruitment and retention, as well as to help reduce real estate and infrastructure costs. The pandemic has really changed the way we work and the way we think about work. Do you see that continuing? Yeah, it's a really timely topic because I think the pandemic has really accelerated the work from home model. And in many respects, I think we've seen that it works. About 80% of our back office people are working from home right now, and they've been very successful at it. So I think it works. You know, I, I do feel that something is missing along the way by not having people together in the office. You know, there are some spontaneous interactions. There are conversations between colleagues that don't happen that might if they just kind of ran into each other. And then, you know, nonverbal physical cues kind of give you a feeling as to where people are, are heading and thinking. And that lacks with, you know, Zoom meetings and phone calls. So I think it's important that people find a way to spend some time together in person once we can. Again, I think it will reinforce teamwork. It will reinforce interpersonal relationships. So I envision a point 
where you know people will probably come back into the office. They may not come five days a week. They may come with their team one to two to four days a week so that there's some bonding there. So, And I think that's key to a collaborative culture in any business. So you know, in the end, I think there, there are going to be more flexible work schedules, kind of a hybrid apo- approach to, um, to working. Uh, and there'll also continue to be some virtual uh, environments that we, we do our jobs in. Yeah, that sounds right to me. The creative opportunities that come about at a water cooler or a coffee pot certainly are missing in over the last year. I miss those things. <laughs> so thinking about the last year, the banking sector did have to pivot and make some changes in the way it approached business and, and its customers. What changes implemented by the sector in response to the pandemic are likely to become permanent? Yeah, you know what I think is going to happen is people are embracing technology. Uh, much like the work from home environment, people knew it was there. They didn't feel as comfortable with it. And then when it was thrust upon them because they saw a risk, they didn't want to come out and go to a branch, you know, they would call our call center or they call the branch manager and they would learn how to get into online banking. They would learn how to take a picture of their check and deposit it remotely. So, you know, I think that people are moving more towards technology, which was a trend anyway. And, you know, the other part of that is I think our call centers have become an even more important channel to service our clients. Our call centers, you know, handled an enormous amount of volume, particularly when the branches were locked and closed to appointments only. So I think that's something we're going to see. You know, we're planning a new digital banking platform this spring. You know, it's really going to be a best-in-class system as good as any of the big banks or the tech companies have out there. So I'm looking forward to that. I think our clients are going to embrace it and gravitate towards it. That said, you know, I think that the branches will remain an important part of our service centers. And they also serve kind of as a marketing presence and an anchor in the community. So I do see branches surviving this and technology kind of melding together and more people using that. One of the sectors that uh, Brookline Bank is heavily involved in is commercial real estate. And and obviously, that's that's been something with people working remotely that's top of mind. What is on the horizon for commercial real estate as office space has has changed or or maybe even gone down? Yeah, I mean, commercial real estate is certainly something we keep an eye on. We have a very big investment in commercial real estate. And I look at, you know, different sectors there differently. And I feel pretty confident that industrial and distribution type space is going to be in high demand for the foreseeable future. You know, primarily because people rely on delivery services to get stuff to their homes. And again, that's a trend that's going to continue. It's not going to go away. And when it comes to office and retail space, I'd say my crystal ball is a little cloudier there. A lot of it depends on how businesses embrace the the potential new remote working environment that we just spoke of. You know, are they going to go completely remote? Or are they going to use this hybrid system that we talked to? Or are they going to require everybody to come back to work? Some companies will probably do that. 
but many companies will see a need for space for fewer people, but may want to have more space per square foot in case, you know, an event like this happens again and they feel people should be a little bit more physically distanced. Mm-hmm. On the urban retail, you know, that's the the rebound there probably is reliant upon how many people come back to the office markets. You know, do these restaurants have enough business to sustain without full office buildings. But if people do come back to the towers and the big office buildings, the restaurants, the shops will flourish. And, you know, in the long time, I do think people will gravitate to the city again. People like the energy. They like the atmosphere. They like the experience. So it will come back. It just may take some time. I agree. And I can't wait to see a thriving restaurant industry once again. Makes me hungry. Me too. (laughs) So 2021 is a big year for Brookline Bank. You have a significant milestone this year. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's our 150th anniversary. It's really exciting. You know, Brookline Bank was an institution founded to provide the people of Brookline with a strong and convenient bank. And you know what? We still operate under that basic premise. That's what we try to do. You know, we have a very strong balance sheet, very well positioned bank for growth. And, you know, our mission is to make things easy for our clients in the greater Boston area. And we're going to continue to do that. This year, we're going to celebrate the occasion. We have a book that we're publishing. It highlights the last 50 years and it ties to a book published in 1971, which documented the first 100 years of Brookline Bank. You know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting as I looked back and read that first book was that almost 50 years into the bank's existence, the bank weathered a pandemic in 1918 with the flu. And it was barely mentioned in the original book because I think like the one we're having today, it will just be a blip in the history book in the future and we'll be moving forward. So I look forward to that very much. I think we all look forward to putting this in the rear view mirror. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Happy anniversary to Brookline Bank, and we look forward to seeing the many things you have planned for this year, for 2021. And Daryl, thank you for being with us and being our guest today and for your insights on the economy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, you.